turning myself into the meme. So sometimes I'll look at a meme and I think I can make the TikTok version of this. So that's kind of how I started down that road. And uh, and some people said, you know, you're aren't you worried what the perception is going to be? How people are going to perceive you? You. you some people may say you you complain too much. And I'm thinking, well, um, humor is 90% complaining. If you think about it, we, if, we, if you make a joke, you're making a joke about a challenging situation. So I wanted to read this quote that pretty much sums up my, my reason for being funny. And here, here it goes. Humor also may function as an adaptive ego defense by, ena- by enabling people to perceive the comical absurdity in highly challenging situations. In this respect, humor serves as both a defense mechanism and a way of coping with adversity. And I thought that pretty much summed up the reason why I have been doing what I'm doing. It's been a very challenging time and my way of coping with this adversity has been through humor. I think a lot of people have been using humor as a as a coping mechanism because it's a hard time and you need to be able to laugh about it or see the absurdity in it to continue. Taking off the mask podcast. My name is Ashanti Branch, and I'm really glad you've joined us. Listen, today's guest is Arturo Avina. Arturo is a teacher, he's a content creator, he's a TikToker, Instagrammer. Um, he does some incredible TikToks about education and teachers and the, the funny and sometimes the challenging life of educators. Um, there's a quote he gave that I really want to have you think about as you listen to this episode. A teacher's work environment is a student's learning environment. I'll say it again, just for those who didn't catch it. A teacher's work environment is a student's learning environment. And I think it's so important that that message resonates more than anything. Not only do he, does he and I get a chance to share our mask and we talk about humor and the benefits of humor and how humor helps us and also how Sometimes it's a way of avoiding, it's a way of a defense mechanism to not deal with the challenging adversities of life. I really am excited for this conversation. And one of the things that you're probably going to notice coming up pretty soon is that we're probably going to start interviewing a lot more educators, uh, not only, obviously, but I think that this season and this school year has been such a wild experience for a lot of people, not only around the country, but around the world that I'm really going to be focusing over these next couple of episodes around educators and how they are not only looking forward to the summer and a break and a rejuvenation and some of them who are leaving the profession. You know, there's an attack on education. If you haven't paid attention, there's an attack on truth. There's an attack on people believing things that are being taught to kids that are probably not as accurate as we want to, let them believe. I believe that we have work to do as an education. We have an education system that needs work. And part of my work and being able to do the work in schools, like from the outside and being able to have these conversations on this podcast is really around helping not only educators, but parents and community recognize that we need 
well-being to be a focus in schools. It can't be an afterthought. It can't just be counselors showing up when a tragedy happens. There should be counselors at schools, not the counselors who are making your classes. I'm talking about counselors who can sit down and talk to you. Our counselors here in the Bay Area have a workload of three to four to 500 students each. How is a teacher, how is a person to mentor and support and learn about 500 students? Well, for the most part, you're not. <laughs> now, I'm not a counselor, so any counselor out there can push back, but you're not going to build 500 relationships. Some of the kids who are going to make sure they have a relationship with you, are going to come to your office, and they're going to ask you about this and that and make sure they're scheduled for the right things. That's that kind of kid I was in high school. And then there's going to be kids who you may never even see them. You've seen their name several times because you scheduled their classes, but they're not coming to the office asking you for X, Y, Z. They're not going to be demanding that you put them in pre-algebra or calculus. Or There's some who don't even know who their counselor is. And so we got work to do. So anyway, you can see I can get excited about this. And I have a feeling that we're going to have some episodes where I am going to share about the education that I see and the education that I dream of. And I think if any of you know any teachers, educators, principals, administrators in the main office or people working in any part of education, I'm talking about coaches, I'm talking about our janitorial staff, I'm talking about the custodial staff, I'm talking about the maintenance, I'm talking about people who cut the grass. Anyone you know working in education, if you uh, would like to share this podcast with them, please do. And let them know. We would love to talk to them. I think that it would be important for us to hear from how education is showing up in so many ways and so many lives. So thank you for being a part of this podcast. We invite you to, again, make a mask at millionmask.org, millionmask.org. And we also want you to know that coming up soon is a 24-hour relay challenge. It's a 5K challenge. The 24-Hour Relay is our non-sponsor sponsor. How about that? Our non-sponsor sponsor is the 24-Hour Relay Challenge. If you have not yet signed up, we invite you to sign up to do a 5K wherever you are in the world. You don't have to go anywhere. You can stay in your own city, your own town. And on May 28th and May 29th, you can walk, run, hike, bike, swim 3.11 miles, 5 kilometers. And we invite you to do that and support the Million Mask Movement, support the Ever Forward Club, support our mission to create resources to support teen wellness. And we hope that you will get involved. And even if you don't want to walk or run or hike or bike, you can donate. You can make a page and help us um, bring in resources. We set a big goal for us, a big, hairy, audacious goal as BHAG. Thank you, Jim Collins. $50,000 we set to raise. And you can help us. We can do it. We can do it. We're matching the grant given us to us by Rare Beauty that is to helping to support teen wellness. And we're going to match it. Like We're going to have our community match that grant, which is going to let our work stretch and serve even farther. So thank you so much. Sorry for the longest intro you probably heard in a while, uh, but I really appreciate all of you. And please, if you haven't liked, subscribe this podcast, please do that on any of the podcast platforms. And if you haven't given us a rating, please, we invite you to do that. Take care, everybody. Look forward to seeing you soon. Welcome to the Taking Off the Mask podcast. My name is Ashanti Branch, and I'm really glad you've joined us. Uh, today's guest is Arturo Avina. I'm so glad to have you with us, Arturo. How are you? I'm great. Thank you for having me. 
Man. Well, look, Arturo, will you tell folks about yourself? What do what you want folks to know about you before we jump into these conversations about masks? Um, I like to let the guests tell us what they want us to know. And I could read a long bio, but I really like for you to share with folks what you want them to know. Okay, sounds good. So as you said, my name is Arturo Aviña. I am a theater teacher here in Los Angeles. I've been teaching for 19 years, and it's been uh, quite a journey. It's a little lengthy, but if I may go into it, I'd like to give that that background. So when I was in college, I wanted to, I always wanted to work with kids. So when I was in college, I majored in psychology and education, and I thought I would become a child psychologist. By the time I finished my major, I realized that I didn't like psychology enough to continue with it, but the education aspect took over. So I began teaching pretty much right out of college. I started teaching kindergarten and I was put into this grade level, not knowing how it would go. It wasn't my first choice, but I'm so glad it happened. The school I landed at had this tradition where every kindergarten class had to create a play for their culmination. And theater is actually not my background. So I was kind of thrown into that situation, sink or swim, and had to figure it out. And I actually ended up loving it. It became the highlight of the school year and, and it kept going year after year. And that kind of snowballed into me creating an after-school drama club. I did it voluntarily. And then someone said to me, you know, you should buy a video camera and start filming what you're doing. So I did that, bought a video camera, and I thought, well, I just spent all this money on a camera. I could try making some movies. So then I got into film editing. And um, and if I may toot my own horn, uh, some of the stuff that I did ended up getting written about in the Huffington Post and the LA Times. And uh, yeah, it was a very rewarding experience. And with that under my belt, I applied to this position to teach theater full time. And uh, I remember when I went into the interview, the my boss asked me, you know, why should we hire you? You, you know, you don't have any formal theater experience. You have the right credential, but um, we we don't know why we should hire you. But by that point, I already had that experience, so I could go to the table with that. Uh, they took a chance on me, and seven years later, here I am. I'm still teaching theater. I work with 2,000 students all over L.A., and I get to teach theater uh, and have a lot of fun with it. What? That's awesome. That's awesome. What a beautiful education journey. Now, now help me understand the 2,000. Like, every year you teach 2,000 students? Like, or do you have a, correct. Do you have, a, like, a staff? Correct. Well, <laughs> the way it works, I mean, they, they, they were spread thin. So one of the really cool things about my school district is that we have an arts education program for elementary school. And we hire art teachers, dance teachers, theater teachers, and, and we're spread out all over the district. And each one of us is assigned to five schools. So I have a Monday school, a Tuesday school, a Wednesday school. And at each school, I work with five classes for nine nice. weeks. And then after those nine weeks, I take on a new group and work with five more classes. So when you add up all those numbers, wow. you know, five, five classes a day, five schools, different <laughs> groups every nine weeks, it adds up to 2,000 kids a year. Oh, man. That's exciting. That's exciting. Thank it's you pretty for cool. that. It, it, it sounds like it. And I think and, – and, and now that that wasn't one of your passions originally, that sounds like – is that do you feel like you're right where you're supposed to be? 
I, I do actually. It's it's funny how one thing just led to another. I had no idea my career would would go in this direction. Mm-hmm. I started off thinking I wanted to be a, a psychologist. That didn't <laughs> that didn't feel right. I went into education. That felt right. I was thrown into theater. I figured it out. I loved it. And then that led to film editing and making short films. And now lately I've turned that camera on myself <laughs> and started making uh, TikToks and using those editing skills to make memes. So that's another hobby of my content creation. Oh man. Well, you know, I, that is how I learned about you and your work. I, I've been super juiced to like be following your work. And so thank you for being a part of this podcast. You know, one of the things that we do in this conversation is that, as I told you before, we, it's just an opportunity for you and I to kind of maybe learn more about each other, right? I think you've shared mm-hmm. some things. And so with the idea of the mask with our, and as a, as, a, as a theater teacher, you probably have lots of different correlations to masks and putting on characters and things like that. Um, mm-hmm. But today we get to talk about our own, our own selves. So That's harder. <laughs> <laughs> That's harder sometimes. It's easier to, to play different characters sometimes. Man, I, I want, uh, yeah, I mean, I thank you for that. Thank you for acknowledging that because I think sometimes it is, right? And I think maybe you find that, with, well, we'll maybe we'll get into that with students, right? Where we see them, what characters they see, we see them showing up as, right? Mm-hmm, and, when, and, everyone, and when we get to know them for real and we get to see a little bit behind that mask, sometimes they're more um, uncomfortable when we get to, when we really see them sometimes than when they're being who they are used to showing up as, you know? Mm-hmm. I see that all the time. Sometimes I'll do a puppet unit with them, for example, and uh, it's easier for them to talk through a puppet and another another character versus them talking as themselves. Yeah. It's very interesting to see. Yeah. Oh man. Well, I think I imagine it's going to come up. But there was an elementary school we uh, did a workshop in a couple of weeks ago, or maybe a week ago only, and uh, one of the boys in elementary, he's six, well, sixth grade. He's sixth grade, so I, we call him a young man. Um, he said. Yeah, I don't really even feel comfortable letting people see my real face. Like, he's gotten so used. I mean, imagine he's sixth grade, which means he started wearing a mask in the fourth grade. He was like, what, nine years old. He's been having this this thing on his face for, you know, a fifth of his life. Mm-hmm. And now he's having a discomfort, an idea that some at some point they're going to say, you don't need to wear those in school anymore, right? And he's worried. Like, I don't even want people to see my face anymore. And, I, and, I, and, I'm, and, I, and I'm wondering um, what we're going to experience in the next season of this work around these personal protection masks that are mm-hmm. going to have students feeling somewhat a different level of discomfort, right? Because they are, are not used to people having to judge them by looking at them all the way, you know? Right, right. They've gotten used to hiding half of their face. Yeah. And um, and some of their classmates have never seen them without their mask. So now when the mask come off, the classmates, I don't know, I, I'm not sure what the reaction is. But I mean, some some classmates, I'm sure would be like, oh, it's not, you, you don't look the way I thought you looked. <laughs> and they may internalize that and think, is that a good thing? Is that a bad thing? Maybe I'll just yeah. put it back on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I wonder, when you said half of their face, I wonder, I mean, uh, above the nose is probably maybe more like two-thirds, right? Yeah, yeah, you're you right. Know? You just see the eyes. And you kind of, I don't know if this happens to you, but uh, like in my mind, I kind of filled in the second half of the face. I kind of imagined what they look like. And then, uh, and then they look completely different when they take it off. 
<laughs> it has happened. It, I we were having a pizza at one of our clubs re- recently, and uh, a kid was over there eating our pizza. And I was like, I talked to the mentor. I'm like, Hey, why is that kid over there eating our pizza? You know? And he and the kid looked at me. <laughs> I thought I was whispering. He said, "It." It said, "Mr. Branch, it's me, it's Sergio." I'm like, Oh, wait a minute. I've never even seen your face before. I didn't even know what you looked like. I didn't, I could not even <laughs> recognize that I didn't know what this kid... I've been with him three months. Three months mm-hmm. I've been with this kid every week, and I didn't even know what he looked like. And I was like, oh, how 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 interesting. And I said, I'm sorry. I know who you are. But in the moment, I didn't really have a clue who he was, you know? Um, <laughs> but that but that's that's the world we're going we're gonna to experience coming up pretty soon, you know? Yeah, yeah. I think we're learning to navigate it for sure. And, you know, mass mandates are being lifted left and right. And it's still a period of uncertainty, though. Yeah. Um, there's some doubt where we there, are, you know, there are some schools of thought think where we think, is this really the safest choice? Is this something we're just going to have to live with? And, you know, best of luck to us. Uh, I think we're all we all have we all have really mixed emotions about it. Yeah, well, welcome to the journey. Welcome mm-hmm. to the journey. Um, so as a guest, you get to decide who goes first. So um, we're going to share a mask and we, we decided to share front, front, and then back, back. Or as you get to go first, you could decide who goes first and you can decide how we share. So you get to All choose. Right. All right. So I'm going to ask you to go first and okay. start with the front. All right. Fantastic. All right. So... Um, I am going to write, oh, I already wrote it. So I just scratched out. I wrote the wrong city for some reason. I'm not sure why I wrote this. <laughs> um, so this is my mask. Okay. So on the front, the front of the mask this is the mask card. So I, I'm using this. So it says on the front, funny, hardworking, uh, caring, and serious. Mm-hmm. And, um, this, this image is inspired. I was walking down, I was in the mission, mission of San Francisco, there are these murals on the wall and I saw this amazing image and I'm not sure, I just was trying, let me try to recreate that image. But when I think about uh, uh, these words, funny, serious, caring, and hardworking, normally it's three, but I, I just got carried away. Um, the one that is feeling really present right now is serious. And I think um, mm-hmm. like, and hardworking. Um, sometimes, and they're interesting. They're, they're opposite of each other, right? It's like funny and serious and then caring, hardworking. Mm-hmm. Um, I think sometimes it's like like serious and hardworking get like locked into each other. And then uh, the funny and caring is over here. And they almost sometimes feel like they don't interact. Like it's hard for me to be really serious and funny, right? Or like. Right. Or like, like, unless, like. Unless you're sarcastic, then that could kind of. It's not really funny. It's only funny to me, right? (laughs) Somebody else is not laughing. They're like, "You making fun of me?" I'm like, "Oh, that wasn't that wasn't intentional. That wasn't a joke." (laughs) But I think, like, right now in this season of this of this work of organization and nonprofit, like, like there's so many things that got to get done, and I I feel sometimes like my desk, the pile on my desk is kind of rising, and my. But I think I've been trying to find room to be serious. And funny in a caring way, right? Where it's like, hey, it's a lot to do. We got a lot going on. And hey, we can still take a moment and laugh and whatever. But sometimes when I'm getting serious, I'm just, there's no smile. There's no, there's like intensity. Intensity Mm -hmm. in the work. And uh, sometimes that's how 
Um, I feel like it's very compartmentalized in 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 how I'm showing up. I think that's uh, how the front of my mask shows up. I have a question about your mask. I noticed yeah. the tongue with um, the arrows pointing in different directions. That was very creative. What's that about? Well, there was an image on the wall in in the mission, and it almost like a okay. some kind of cultural mask that they had painted. Okay. In the mission in San Francisco, there's all these murals. You can go on these mural walks. Mm -hmm. And there's murals all over the walls. And I don't know what it meant. I just, when I think about it. But it meant something, yeah, but it meant something to you. So I mean, you put yeah. it in there for a reason. So what does it mean to you? Well, when I think of, like, when I think of um, the organization that I started called Ever Forward, it's kind of like always kind of like going forward, right? Like, it's always like, how do I, I think about an arrow, like a, if you have a bow and arrow, it's going to mm -hmm. go one direction, right? It's, it's not, it's not going backwards. It's got, it's going and once you let it go, it's not coming back, right? So mm -hmm. I think of, I, I think when I was writing it, I was like still curious about what the, the emit in the image that I saw, and it was kind of a interesting image, right? It's like it's almost like words, right? I think about there, there was this uh, one say, saying that um, I used to hear, and it says there's three things that you don't get back, right? It's mm -hmm. the spoken word, mm -hmm. it's a, a shot arrow, and it's a missed opportunity. And I think okay. looking at those arrows coming out is like some things you don't get back. And I think like when we when we say something, if we're not careful what we say to others, when we're not thoughtful, you can't take it back. Yeah. Sometimes you don't get to. You, you may say sorry, and they may they may accept the apology, but it still landed, right? It still it still landed, and it can still stay in the back of their head. And um, even yeah. they, even though they've accepted the apology, those words stay with you. Yeah. So I, I only thought about it in that depth when you asked the question, but yeah, I'm still like grappling with that image I saw on that wall. So something about that image on the wall really resonated with me. Okay. Very yeah. Cool. Right on. All right. Well, I, you can now share the front of your mask. All right. All so right. we have some, we have some things in common. <laughs> mine is not as cute as yours. Mine is pretty simple, but I'll tell you what, why I did what I did. So this is okay. mine right here. Okay, okay. So awesome. funny, friendly, creative, and serious. Nice. Um, so in this picture, I have, you know, my, my eyes are pointing in different directions. It's, you know, it's a reference to my goofy, silly side. Could also be, be me, just a frazzled teacher. Could be that as well. Um, there's the eyebrow raise. I, I consider that kind of comical. I put glasses on myself. That's the serious part. And you know, I'm smiling. That's me being friendly and funny and certain. Friendly that's, and funny. That's cool image. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. So I think that's what I, I, I try to project. Or uh, <laughs> so that that's that's the mask I wear that, that I present to the world. And we and we have actually. I mean, it's interesting. We we both wrote four. We both wrote mm -hmm. four words, and two of them were the same. That's yum. Yeah, that's the really opposite. Cool. One's funny and serious. <laughs> well, there's a time and there's a time and a place for both, right? Yeah, for real. I mean, I, I think I think yes, for sure. And, and I think maybe it's finding the right time and place for them, right? Mm -hmm. As a te as a teacher, I did you do you find that students know when you're? Do they get the both sides? My students always thought I was always mean. Like they thought, <laughs> like why are you so? Mad? And I wasn't a theater teacher. I was a math teacher, right? So like. There was a lot of seriousness sometimes, but like 
I think I was being funny. I thought I was being cool and kind and caring and all of those things. They're like, why are you always so serious? I'm like, am I? Am I always so serious? Uh, <laughs> I know. I find that the, that the older ones get the sarcasm and the humor. The younger ones don't always get it. So I gotta, you know, not use sarcasm with them. Uh, like you know, they'll, they'll find kindergartners will find trash on the floor and they'll give it to me, and I'll be like, do I look like a trash can? And they don't, <laughs> so they don't quite get it. It's very literal. The older ones get it though. Yeah, but I, I do it. I still do it with a smile, and I think they get that it's a joke. Yeah, yeah. Or then some of the older ones will answer the question. Well, right. um, I'm like, okay, don't, don't don't start no stuff right here. Oh man, okay, right on. Okay, right. Then, but well, maybe let's see what happens on the back. I mean, thank you, thank you for for sharing that. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. All right. So the back, on is, the back is it your turn? Yeah. Or my turn. It's on, it's on me. It's on me. So. Okay. All right. Oh, okay. Here we go. Let me see if I can. Yeah. Here we go. So I wrote self doubt. I wrote fear of failure, and I wrote my brother's uh, mental health and my sadness about it. Um, wow. So when I think about self doubt, I think about like. Uh, like I've been doing a lot of work since this podcast started, but also as I I talk about my mask a lot now. Like normally I would keep it to myself. Like I wouldn't I would make masks and workshops, but I never had to really talk about them. In this podcast, I I find myself talking about them all the time, and I'm doing a lot of evaluation. Like, am I am I stuck in some of them? And mm-hmm. what are the what are the newer masks that I sometimes also have uh, adopted? Mm-hmm. Right, and when I think about self-doubt like like i was telling you before we started the show i said I, i'm always so in, like inspired by your work like you know the, the, the stuff you create because i'm like i just i want to be creating more content and i want to but sometimes i like somehow i'll make a video and it's just so plain mm-hmm. it's just me talking to the camera and then i'll be like i'm not posting that and i'll be <laughs> you know and i hope and it happens over and over again. I'm like, why am I stuck in this rut? Feel like sometimes. So the self doubt is more me doubting. And um, I heard this. Um, I heard a podcast this morning where um, um, Simone, I think his name is Simone uh, Soul. I think how you pronounce her last name. She was saying something like, like if I only post things that I think people are gonna like then maybe I'm not being very genuine. Maybe I'm only, I'm not posting things that I really want to post. I'm mm-hmm. just posting so I don't make anybody upset and I don't ruffle any feathers. But sometimes I make some videos where I'm upset, like, but I don't post them. Cause I'm like, well, I don't want to deal with the drama that may come back to me from that. And, and it's self-doubt. It's, it's linked to self-doubt and fear of failure. I like, I put it out there. Not that every video needs to do great, but anyway, those are the things that I, I like got I've constantly, and I've I found myself continually to starting to, like, learn to be like, just post it. Like, what am I posting mm-hmm. it for? Is it to help somebody? Is it to just inspire? Or is it just for my own ability to say I have a thought that I want to share, right? Yeah. And I think that those are the things I'm having to do something about. And, um, yeah, my brother's mental health is one that it's something I just, I carry. He's in jail right now, and mm. I'm, I'm I'm really sorry. sad about it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, it, it's and I, I'm a, I'm a big proponent of advocating with people for mental illness, and not only having a brother who's dealt with it, but also knowing that 
I couldn't help him. Like I, I, I tried. I didn't, I didn't know how sometimes. And I love him, right? I love my brother. And right. I feel bad for people who I see walking around the streets who are talking to themselves because that's what my mm-hmm. brother does, you know, and who, and I wish I could help them all, right? But I can't, right? And so sometimes I just feel a little bit, uh, yeah, I feel, I don't want to use the word helpless. It's not the real word, but it's, I feel like I want to do more. And so, yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, those are the, that's the back of my mask. Wow. That's, that's intense. Wow. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for listening. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I hope your brother's getting the help he, he needs. I don't know if um, services are provided while, you know, while he's in jail, but I'm, I'm hope I, you know, I hope that he receives the help that he needs. Yeah, me too. You know, one of the things I've learned, um, and I have a, a godson who's also incarcerated right now, and um, he, um, some places, every night, they call your name, they make you get your medicine, and some places, if you don't ask for it or you don't, like, mm-hmm. they they could care less, you know? And so yeah. um, I think it's really interesting how the how the system, uh, the, 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 ju- the justice system sometimes is, doesn't support people to get better if if you are on if you do have a mental illness and you need medicine like so anyway i think i think about that a lot you know my, my godson look yeah. at a place right now where he can um they call your name every night and if you don't if your cup is still full they'll come and get you they'd be like come get your medicine right like it's not mm-hmm. they're not allowing you to <laughs> to not take it because it helps regulate right. the safety of everybody in the building but right um, but he's uh, he's been at some places where I said, do you take medicine? He's like, no, I haven't seen a counselor in weeks. I'm like, what do you mean? Like, you know, and I don't know what, you know, so all those things you think about, like, how do we support people who have a, who are not bad people, but who are, have, have a dis, who have an illness that causes them to act in ways that, right. that unfortunately we lock people in cages for, as opposed to finding the more support for. So, yeah. And you got to also think if if there were more talk about mental health early on, it's not talked about, it wasn't talked about like the way it is now years ago. I mean, if, and you, you got to think if more people had received the services they needed years ago, early on, all of this could have been prevented for many, for many of them. Yeah, I agree. And I, I think that's the case. And I think that's what we're trying to do right now with this movement is really, help people talk about it earlier Mm -hmm. and realize Mm -hmm. you're not the only one and then realize, well, maybe we should talk about it more and maybe we should get support for it. Right. Um, Instead of criminalizing it. Right. And I think that's what we have work to do in our own communities and society too. Mm -hmm. And many of us on ourselves as well. That's right. That's right. I agree. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, man. All right. So I guess it's my turn. So uh, we also have some things in common here. I just wrote down three. I could have gone on, I think. But (laughs) this is what I wrote for mine. Anxiety, doubt, and fear. And I just put fear because it's it's so broad. It could be... (laughs) There are fears of multiple things. And actually, anxiety and doubt are forms of fear as well. So I I put those in there. Um, You know, anxiety, it's, it's actually been... I'm not alone in this. It's been worse the past couple of years for obvious reasons. The pandemic, I think, was, um, you know, the, the thing that tipped everything over. Uh, but, I, you know, I've always been kind of an anxious person. And um, I've, 
this may be too too much TMI here, but uh, lately it's been to the point where it affects my sleep, right? I'll wake up at two or three in the morning and my mind is just thinking about all the things that could go wrong the next day. And I'm just tossing and turning. And um, I, I talked to my doctor about it and he, for the first time ever, I'm on like Xanax. So it's there and it's available if I, if I um, have, if I just can't sleep. So uh, yeah, so that, that's kind of new territory for me, uh, having the anxiety and overdrive the way it's been lately. I don't really show it. You know, I'm in front of my kids and I'm, there's a big smiley face and, and I'm performing. And same thing when I'm out and about with my friends, it's not something that's normally talked about or it may be talked about jokingly in, in passing, but it's not something that's generally shown to the general public. My husband sees it. <laughs> he see he feels me tossing and turning for for hours there, so that's one thing that's behind the mask there, the anxiety. Thank you. Yeah, and then the other thing I wrote down was doubt. I always wonder if what I'm doing is like if anyone cares. You know, I'll, I'll put in all this effort into a, a lesson plan, for example, and and then I. If it doesn't go the way I planned, I sometimes think, huh, am, am I, have I reached the end of my rope? Should I look for another career? <laughs> am I any good still? So those thoughts kind of pop in as well. And sometimes even with like content creation too, like I'll make a TikTok or a meme. And the initial idea is an idea that I think is funny. It makes me laugh. So I'll do it. And then I'll do it. And then I have all these second thoughts. I'm like, no, this is stupid. I look dumb. It's not going to work. And I shouldn't think that way because in the end, it shouldn't matter. What should matter is mm -hmm. if it's something that brings me joy. And yeah. regardless whether or not it's well-received, I should just do it if it's something that initially made me happy. But yeah. doubt steps in and I start to think, well, who do I think I am creating this? Like I, I look like a clown. Maybe I do, but... <laughs> but uh, uh, so the doubt seeps in with with my career and and with this hobby where I'm exploring a creative side. Yeah. Can I ask you a question about that? Because yeah, of course. Yeah, I, that that part is something that I I've I've been working on. So I, I would love to just understand, like, how do you do that? Like, I mean, not how do you do that? Like, I mean, I mean, be more specific. Um, like when you say to yourself. Oh, I post. I made this thing. It made me feel good. And then, like, did you have to like, like, just say, it's not for them. It's for me. Did you like? Is there a way that you framed it so that you were able to like? Because I think that's what sticks to me a lot of times. Like, I'll, I'll when I'm making this thing, I'm like, this is what I gotta say. And then I'll stop recording and I'll be like, like, and I'm like, yeah, nah, I'm not gonna share that one. That's not, gonna, <laughs> you know. And, I, and I'll stop right there. Like, there's no, I don't have another like a uh, extra like motivator that says no do it anyway right and I, I get stuck right there where i'm like yeah no nah, i don't think that's gonna work and so i would love to like if there's something and maybe people out there who are who want to create who have already maybe you've written stuff maybe you have a journal maybe you've you've dreamed of like creating something and they also are like trying to find how to get past that self that doubt right that worry that is there a strategy you use that helps you to like keep going anyway yeah, eventually, I think I'm actually going to regret it more if I don't create and share it. 
that's what I, <laughs> that's what tips the scales for me. Cause I'll do something and I, and I'll look at it and I think it's funny. And then the doubt sit, seeps in. Like, I got to go with my first instinct. If it's funny, just go with it. And that's what my partner tells me all the time. Just go with your gut, go with your gut. So, uh, and you know, and I go through my moment of doubt and then I eventually just say, you know what, it's, I personally like it and I want to share it. And if I don't share it, I'm going to have that what if in the back of my head. So just share it. You have nothing to lose by sharing it, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> That's a, what you just say right there is actually pretty, pretty powerful for me. Like, like I think that I'm more upset with myself on the stuff that I didn't post that I created mm -hmm. because I've been like, why am I, why, why am I being so scared, afraid, worried, doubtful? Like, why am I, why am I not more courageous? Like, mm -hmm. and I'm more upset about myself for not doing it than the fact that I did it and uh -huh. my, and my hair may be messed up or the, somebody's <laughs> walking around in the background or something, whatever it may be, you know? Hmm. Thank you. Thank you for that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So, I mean, I think yeah, that's, that's what at least helps me get over that, that hump. And just create, just do it. And you know, the, the thing with like content creation, you just, you just never know. There are times where I've made something and I've put all this thought and effort into it. And it's been all this time editing and I share it and it's, and it, um, and it does okay or not that good or not that okay. And then I'll just post like the dumbest thing that took three seconds to make. And that takes off. You, I mean, you just never know. You just never know. And that's what just makes me think, bottom line, just do what is going to bring you joy. I think we just froze. Give me one second. Stand by. We dropped off here. Oh, man, Arturo, you know, I, I don't know how much uh, we're going to leave in the recording of, of our little tech issues. So, hey, folks, uh, uh, this is Ashanti Branch. We're taking off the mask. I'm not, I'm not introducing this again. We've already done this. Listen, we are regrouping again after some tech issues. And so I really want to appreciate you, Arturo, for being uh, so kind with your time and uh, helping us just come back and kind of catch up where we where our technology dropped off. Oh, of course. I'm really happy to do this. So no problem. We go with the flow. It's part of teaching. So I'm well, used I think, to you it. Know, Thinking about teaching in that way, like, have you, I imagine you've had lessons that went, like, not the way you planned, you know? Oh, I, all, all the time. All the time. Yes. You know, I, I have an idea of what a lesson's going to look like. I plan it out in my head. And then I get to school and the Wi-Fi dies or there's a fire drill or a lockdown drill because it is America. And, uh, <laughs> and things don't always go as planned. So you need to be ready to pivot if we want to use that word at the last oh, minute. Man. Well I I can feel the pivot right here, man. I you know, I think the last thing you were doing was giving me some advice and I really appreciate it because I have I've told you that I've been wanting to pay you know make more content and I think I've been I used to well I'm I'm working out of the fear. I think it was more fear and perfectionism and all these other words that people were telling me or they are helping me figure out what I was in my way. Um mm -hmm. but because you you create a lot of things that are like really funny. Like I, I think I'm funny but I don't think I'm planned funny i think i'm like accidental funny you know like i'll say something <laughs> I'll, I'll just say something funny but i'm not i'm not i don't think i'm always funny sometimes it's like sarcasm slash like a joke that just doesn't land right um mm -hmm. but how did you get what, what are your thoughts about humor in the classroom and what are, what are your thoughts about humor in general but that's 
kind of how I, you know, learned some of your work around the really entertaining, but also funny and, and lighthearted, but um, definitely talking about teachers because teachers, I think teachers are funny sometimes. Yeah, um, I, I think, you know, I I work with a lot of really talented and funny people. Teachers have a great sense of humor, for sure. And, uh, you know, it's it's funny, the way I started to create comedic content, coincident, well, not coincidentally, it was during the, the pandemic, a very difficult, challenging time for all of us. It continues to be, the pandemic isn't over. And I sometimes think I have a choice. I can laugh or I could cry. Uh, and my way of coping was through through humor and laughter. So during this pandemic, you know, we're, we're shut down and I began to dabble in memes. So I started making memes. I was inspired by other teacher meme accounts. And uh, that led to TikTok. I started to turn the camera on myself and filming TikToks. And the way I thought of TikTok was I'm turning myself into the meme. So sometimes I'll look at a meme and I think I can make the TikTok version of this. So that's kind of how I started down that road. And uh, and some people said, you know, you're aren't you worried what the perception is going to be, how people are going to perceive you? you? Some people may say you're, you complain too much. And I'm thinking, well, um, Humor is 90% complaining. If you think about it, we, we, if you make a joke, you're making a joke about a challenging situation. So I wanted to read this quote that pretty much sums up my, my reason for being funny. And here, here it goes. Humor also may function as an adaptive ego defense by, ena- by enabling people to perceive the comical absurdity in highly challenging situations. In this respect, humor serves as both a defense mechanism and a way of coping with adversity. And I thought that pretty much summed up the reason why I have been doing what I'm doing. It's been a very challenging time, and my way of coping with this adversity has been through humor. I think a lot of people have been using humor as a as a coping mechanism because it's a hard time, and you need to be able to laugh about it or see the absurdity in it to continue. Yeah. Can you say that again? So humor is a defense mechanism and a way to deal with adversity. Is that how you said it? Correct. Yes. Yeah. I like that. And I think one of the things I noticed uh, today, I did a workshop today um, and there was a young man who there was a moment in the workshop. And I think when we talk about masks, you and I made our masks together, but you know, young people are doing it. He's a 15 year old. And something happened in the room, something hit his funny bone, and he started laughing, right? And so, mm-hmm. you know, th- this room was a small room, so it-, it was not a lot of people, but he started laughing, and then he passed the funny bone to the, the young man over there, and he started laughing, and then they got passed. And what you know quickly, if you don't catch the funny bone, if you don't, like, get a blocker in between it, the room can get out of control really quick, right? So uh-huh. I-, I-, I said, you know, especially when we talk about emotions, right? Because if young people are not comfortable talking about emotions – I can just find something to laugh at to lighten the mood in my own mind. I mean, I'd be like psychologically saying, I am feeling uncomfortable, so I better make somebody laugh. It's just a reaction that happens. And uh, I started saying, hey, I, I get the funny. I know sometimes we laugh to like deal with other emotions. So, yeah, let mm-hmm. the laugh out. Let's all just laugh. And then he he started taking it to level 10. And I was like, oh, no, I, want, I do want you to laugh if you need to laugh. But now we're taking it to another level of laughter that is just mm-hmm. kind of – 
And I'm like, let me let me have you back. Come back. Come back. And so it was one of the moments where you're like, I I want to let the laughter do what it needs to do because it is. It, it it was a I think it was a defense mechanism, is what mm-hmm. I see a lot of young people do in their work. And then also it's a way of like dealing with whatever he didn't want to feel or let be felt. And so uh, then I but then it was my role as a you know facilitator in the moment to say. But I do need you to come back. I do need you to come back, right? Let's take yeah, a few minutes. Yeah. Let's let ourselves laugh. Okay, it's okay. All right, cool. Okay, come back. Come back, right? And how do we definitely in you know in the context of a classroom, but definitely even amongst friends, right? You you're at a movie theater, something happens funny, one person thinks it's funny, another person doesn't see it as funny. Mm-hmm. But those are moments, right? It was like well, from one one thing, one person's humor can be another person's like, you know, tragedy for sometimes, you know. It can definitely work that way too. And humor isn't universal. It's subjective. What you think is funny, others may not. Um, It's great though when other people do share a similar sense of humor and you can laugh together. It's a bonding experience. And I feel like if you are able to laugh with somebody else and you laugh together, it's a it's a connection that you create there. Yeah, I think I think last week, a couple of days ago, I'm trying to think. When was it last? Like when we were having our tech issues, there was a lot of laughing happening. Like I, I was, I was laughing, trying to keep from like crying or or cursing. Right? Like, what's wrong with the internet? And then I was like, what's wrong with this internet? Like it was going to be one of those two coming out. But I said, all right. So I appreciate you for having a good sense of humor to. <laughs> to, to, to see what was happening on this side because um i remember once uh i was interviewing uh, a man um and uh he it, right before we were starting it was the tech was acting up right mm-hmm. and um and like the interview started i was like hey welcome and he was like hey um what are you what are you feeling right now and i'm like he tried to he turned turn that he turned the interview on me like because I was like smiling like everything was fine but like uh-huh. thirty like thirty seconds before like it was like chaos right and I'm like huh <laughs> I said, what, are, what, are you, what are you doing here what's happening and he was like well you know what 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 just happened right before we started and I'm like are we going there and I said all right and I and it was a beautiful moment right where I wouldn't have. I would not have, I mean, I wasn't going to other masks. I had already had a mask made. I was going to talk about it, but I wasn't going to talk about the fact that like five seconds ago, I was going to mm-hmm. throw my computer through the wall, right? It wasn't like, right. I, and, and, and it was great. I'm glad he brought it up because it was a way for me to just really get even more present, you know? Yeah, I know that's smart. And it, I, you know, it ties into social, emotional intelligence or so, and social, emotional learning. There's so, there's been so much talk about that uh, over the past year, especially with this return to school and giving our students an outlet to process their their emotions. And I, and I think it's been very important to give students that space to talk about, write about, create about what their experiences have been and process their emotions. Yeah. I guess um, one, one question is around um, theater and around um, masks and around you know, teaching. I think one of the things I've really started to think about in in this podcast is that we're probably going to start interviewing a lot more teachers and educators because I think that mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, I was a teacher for ten years, administrator, and I have a big heart for teachers, especially you know, knowing how not only how hard this year was, but how hard teaching is. Period. Mm-hmm. Right. Like so, not only that's a year. This last two years, or you know, almost feel like three now. Right. But yeah. I, um, yeah. What What do you think is something that teachers maybe in your um community need or or if you if you know if they're having like side talk more like the stuff they say maybe in a, in a staff meeting but what are the things that you 
feel teachers need right now? What are what do people in the world need to understand about the challenge that teachers are facing or anything around that kind of thought process? Because I think that some people don't, I think a lot of parents get got it after the pandemic that how hard teachers work. But I think before mm-hmm. they were seem to be oblivious that this was hard work, you know? Right, right. And yeah, and I'm I'm glad that many parents got to to see that and I do feel like many of them um grew an appreciation for us that wasn't there before. Not everyone. I think that it's it's worked the other ways as well. And you know, over the past two years with there's been such a shift in the way the public views teachers. We started off the beginning of this pandemic being heroes. And then a couple months later, we were lazy and entitled and at public enemy number one, and they really had no clue what we were going through and and how that lack of support affects our morale. So I would just like people to understand that a teacher's working environment is the student's learning environment. So if you are not supporting your teachers and encouraging them, it, they're going to internalize that. That's that man. <clears throat> I'm, writing, I'm writing that quote down. A teacher's mm-hmm. learning, a teacher's work environment is a student's learning environment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's powerful, and I, and I think yeah. that's so critical. I, I, I you know, I taught in, in my experience of teaching. I taught in public, private, and charter. I taught in high school, middle school, or well, and a K K eight, um, mm-hmm. and I really saw the difference of how schools are set up. And the mm-hmm. ones that are high performing and the ones that are not so per- performing. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, and I think that even small stuff, right? Like there was one school, it was it happened to be a private school. Um, like once a month, something small, right? But something once a month, they would have this, uh, it was called Bagel Day. And it would be bagels and donuts and fruit for people to eat. People don't do carbs, right? But it was like... <laughs> You you know what category I'm in, right? But nonetheless, <laughs> like it was like, <laughs> nonetheless, it was like, but it was once a month. It was for all the the birthdays of that month, and it was like the the parent committee were responsible for. It. They came and they brought stuff, and it was like when I left that school, I think I was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, they're not, we're not having this thing anymore. It was almost the smallest thing, but when I went to the back to the public school, I brought it with me, and I said, we need to invest in this. Yeah. I appreciated it. I think teachers would appreciate it. And I think it's just a token of just being seen, right? Like it's a token of like, you know, it, it, the I cost mean, it is says that you're remembered. Yeah. Someone's thinking of you, which is a, a really priceless thing to have happen. As small as it is, it is appreciated. You know, it's it just says that you're you're cared about and you're being thought of. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, you know I um thank you so much. I, I thank you for the work you're doing, and I'm I'm excited to hear about this next group um, um <laughs> that, that you're working with. And you know I think I, I, what I'm hoping is that not only as I continue to be inspired by the work you're doing, I I get inspired to be like, okay, I'm gonna be a little bit more courageous. I'm gonna be a little more <laughs> courageous. So for all the courage you've given those young people on stages and acting plays and you know skits and films and theater i want to thank you for inspiring others because maybe people won't get to tell you but i want to let you know that uh you inspire me brother and so i appreciate you oh i appreciate that thank you so much
Right on, man. Well, look, I want you to be tell folks where they can follow you because I've been talking about your channel and we haven't said it yet. So <laughs> tell them how they can follow you and tell if there's any other things you're working on that you want people to know about, please tell them. We'll put it all in the show notes, but I really would love you to let folks know how they can support the work that you're doing. All right. Sounds good. So on Instagram, I am schooled by Arturo and on TikTok as well. Same handle, schooled by Arturo. So that's where I create and post most of my content. So check me out there. It's all about teacher life and the joys and sorrows of being in this profession. Oh, man. Fantastic. Well, we'll have the links there in, this, in the show notes. And is there any last message you want to say? Anything last thing you want to say as we close off this experience around masks and education and us as adults and us as people who occupy these bodies of being our full selves? Hmm. Something I would like to say. That's a, that's a, that's a big question. You know, well, you know, <laughs> no, the, no, the, pre the, no pressure, no pressure. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, the thing that's been on my mind to be really honest with you is all of the legislation being passed in some States that are very anti-teacher, very anti-education. There is so much misinformation and disinformation out there misleading people. So I would say take the time to dig deeper, do your research, talk to some teachers to get a real perspective and try to understand how these attacks on public education are completely demoralizing and will ultimately just destroy our education systems. Mm, thank you, man. And with that, that's the Taking Off the Mask podcast. So folks out there, if you want to make a mask, you can do that at millionmasks.org. Um, I almost forgot our website. Um, thank you for being a part of this, Arturo. I'm so excited to connect with you, and um, we look forward to seeing you again. Thank you so much for having me. This was fun. Thank you, man. See you soon. Bye, everybody. Taking Off The Mask podcast is produced by Ryan Louie. Editing, videography is also by Ryan Louie. Graphics by Kelly Wong. And a special thanks to the team at Ever Forward, Vanessa Cortez and Kevin Romero. And I'd like to thank everyone who's been a part of the creation of this podcast. As we hit this one-year anniversary, we hope that everyone who's been a part knows that they're a part of the Taking Off The Mask experience. And we look forward to you being a part of it as well. If you liked what you heard today, please like, subscribe, and share. And we look forward to us continuing to offer conversations that matter. Take care. See you soon.